Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called on the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Thanks, Mark. Leave your Bibles turned on, and uh, we're going to dive into that in a second. Um, before we get there, uh, are there any fans of uh, like house restoration programs on TV? Well, I know we are. I, guess I, know, I know you are, because we live with you, so I, I do know that. That's my wife, by the way, who said, oh, yes, not just a stranger. Uh, anyone else? Any, any other people join us in our fixation of seeing houses restored? And any, any, any people who are free in the daytime who watch Homes Under the Hammer? And the people buy a house and then, they, and then they do the before and then they have some really sort of weird music and then they go whoosh and it looks really brilliant. You've seen those, yeah? Oh, how about, I think the, I think the ultimate program is, is um, DIY SOS, isn't it? When, when someone, often a very needy and deserving family, gets a visitation from Nick Knowles and he comes and, and they hear a little bit of the story and they're saying, you know, they share some of, of, of their struggles and things and uh, then they say, well, what would you like us to do? And they go, oh, a little bit of fresh paint, and a little maybe widen the doors, and, and then they go, great, off you go. And then zillions of people come in, and then in nine days, in not, I mean, it took 18 months for this thing, and it's still not done. In nine days, they come in and totally transform it. I mean, utterly beyond any imagination. And then the owners come in, and it's one of these weepy things, and I don't, where's the kitchen? And it's, and it's a very, it's, it's, it is really good though, isn't it? It is incredible. Who, who would love a visitation from Nick Knowles? So, without the bill, okay, D, that's a different sermon, okay, and, and, um, <laughs> speak to, <sighs> prayer team, okay, just, just saying. <laughs> okay, what I'm talking about this is when you, when you check out Jesus in, in the Gospels, it is interesting, Jesus um, obviously said and did some incredible things, um, but, but he often bumped into people and situations and he, he stepped into their lives. And what happened was, was a transformation that, not just in a small way, but a way that, that sort of went beyond their expectation. He would bring hope into situations. He'd bring forgiveness. He brought healing. He brought purpose. He brought meaning. He brought love. He brought so many things into people's lives. When he stepped into their lives, lives were transformed way more than they were expecting. I, I wonder... To, to any of us, would, would you love a little bit of Jesus stepping in and transforming part of your life? Maybe bringing some hope or, or, or some healing or some, um, some forgiveness or, or, or just purpose or salvation or life. This morning we're kicking off a new series called uh, Jesus Steps In. 
And we're going to, to focus on, on a number of situations or people in the Gospels where Jesus stepped into a situation, stepped into their lives, and did precisely that. He, he transformed it in a way. And we want to explore what are some of the things that Jesus did in these people's lives. What was the, the change that happened? And, and to, to unpick that a little bit. So one is so that we under, understand Scripture a little bit more. But we also want this to be a real practical ser- series. So besides teaching the, the theology and unpicking some of that, we also want to give an opportunity to say, well, Jesus, will you step into my life and apply that transformation? Jesus, would you step into me and, and move there or, or bring that or shift that or challenge that? And that's what we're going to be doing the next five or six weeks. Uh, does that sound like an interesting thing to do? That's the right answer. And because uh, we're doing it anyway. Um, but but it's, we, we know that when people bump into Jesus, lives are transformed. But we want to unpick, well, what does that look like? And what does that feel like in our lives? Now, our starting point is, is one that is a transformation that happened all around Jesus. Pe- people all around Jesus, when they bumped into him, this often happened. And it's healing. Now, I still believe that God is a God who heals today. Is He can heal and does heal. But around the Gospels, you see, he did that loads and loads and loads of time. And what I want us to do this morning is to explore is, well, what happened when Jesus stepped in? How did that healing happen? What, what were the mechanics of what, what took place? And then say, well, how does that apply to me? Because I was wondering... Well, I'm guessing that most of us here, there are some areas in our lives that we would, wouldn't mind Jesus stepping in and bringing healing. It, it may be physical, it may be emotional, it may be mental. It may be something with our history, it may be something small, it may be something big. Something really obvious or something quite hidden. But I really believe that Jesus is still in the business of stepping into lives and bringing healing. And, and I want us to unpack and explore that a little bit. And, and to have an opportunity to encounter that a little bit as well as we share in communion at the end of our time together. But our starting point is, is a Bible passage, a particular person who, who encountered Jesus. And, and there's loads of examples we could have used. I mean, there's, there's tons and tons and tons. But I chose one who is blind Bartimaeus. And the reason I chose blind Bartimaeus is because many of you will know is that I am blind. I have about 2 or 3% vision, and it's getting worse. And, and I, I have asked Jesus to be healed, and I haven't. And Jesus has stepped into my life, but I'm still blind. So basically, this is a live topic, don't you think? Okay. Now this is, please forgive me, it's not just, it's all about me. It's not that at all. Um, I, I know that other people have, have other challenges in their life where healing could, could um, would be really appreciated. And, and if I was in your situation, I may be saying, I'd pick a different person and going, because this is a live topic. So I want to look at, well, what does it mean for Jesus to step in with healing? So we start, if you have your Bibles, flick it open. The verse started at 46. Jesus and the gang were moving through Jericho and they're passing. And then Bartimaeus, who had been a beggar on a gate, that was his job, as in he had no other ways of earning money. So he would have had his place by the gate and every day he would have been sat there and he would be begging. So the odds are Jesus probably would have walked past him before because Jesus has been in Jericho before. But on this occasion, the crowds are going by, and Bartimaeus, he heard Jesus was, was going by, and what did he do? He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The first point of this, Jesus steps in when it comes to healing, is a pretty obvious one, but I'm going to say it anyway, is we need to ask. Is we need to ask. Now, I'm sure most of you are going, yeah, and... But how many times do we forget? 
Or do we go, okay, let, let's be honest, he's God anyway. So God knows all things. And if he knows all things and knows where my needs are, and he knows the area I love healing, why do I have to tell him? Surely he knows, and therefore we don't ask him. Or maybe you're going, yeah, but, but if I ask him and, and nothing happens, if I ask and, 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 and what happens if everyone looks at me and says, well, you're a little bit, you know, a bit weird, aren't you? You have this, you believe that God heals today and, and people judge me or I look stupid. Or what happens if, 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 I, if, if, I, if, if something doesn't happen, if it doesn't work or, or I get it wrong or I say the wrong and fear shuts us up. And we don't ask because of fear. Or perhaps some of us is, you go, Mark, I did ask. Last week, last month, last year, last decade, I did ask, and I still have this issue. And clearly God's answer is right. It's no. So does he still heal today? See, but I want us to come back to Bartimaeus. Because he yelled out and asked. I wonder, have you ever been um, in possession, responsible adult for a small child? Uh, and I mean, out in public. I don't mean, I don't mean you're babysitting where they're in bed and you never see them. I mean, actually, you're out in public, and you go maybe to a shop with them. And, and, and a child spots something that they want. Can you imagine that scenario? How do they communicate that they want it? Do they go, well, you're a responsible adult. You know what I want. You know my needs. You know my age. Therefore, you should just know and do it. How many children do that? No, not many. How many children go, well, I did ask three years ago. And, and they said no. And, and, you know, and I know you might be. They, they, how many do they ask? And you say, <laughs> interesting, well, no. Don't care what it is, the answer is no. Occasionally, if we're feeling very gracious, we say, yes. But usually the answer is, I'll think about it, no, not yet. And the child takes your first answer first time, don't they? So they ask again, do they? And again, and again, and a different way probably, don't they? And a side angle. And there's something else. And then they do distraction. And they do an alternate close. Well, if I can't have that, can I have that instead? And they do all these things. And, and what they do is they ask and they ask and they ask and they ask a different way and they ask another way. So, so when it comes to, to you asking Jesus to step in in a certain situation for healing, how does your asking compare to a child's? I know you're going, yeah, but Mark, we're not children. And you're going, yeah, but just a few verses earlier in Mark 10, when you get bored, check it out, is that Jesus says, unless you come to me like a child, you're not going to get in. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to whine at God, okay? But what it says is that heart of that desire. In Luke 18, Jesus tells us the story, the parable of, of a widow who, who had an injustice and she called to the king, asked the king, King, will you step in? Will you step in and sort it? And she asked again and again and again. And eventually the king said, all right, I'll do it. And Jesus says, you know, your father's much more gracious than that. But notice he didn't tell off the woman for asking, asking and asking. He didn't say, oh, stop nagging. What he did is he commended her for her perseverance, for her persistence. I wonder, how persistent are you with your asking? I think some of us, we miss out on God stepping in and changing things because we don't ask. Maybe we're afraid our fears are bigger than our asking. Or maybe we just do it quietly. We don't do it out loud. We, don't, we're just, we just hold back. Did you notice when Bartimaeus, when, the, when Bartimaeus first called out and people said to him, what, what do people say? He calls out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And all the crowd said to him, be quiet. Were they that polite? 
probably not. They're going, oh, shut up. They were just going, be quiet. And what did Bartimaeus do? He went, I'm terribly sorry. He was British, wasn't he? Very sorry, terribly sorry. Sorry to interrupt. He went louder. I wonder if some of us need to ask God louder. Because it's in the Bible verse. It's in there, isn't it? Is we need to ask. Some of us need to persevere. Some of us need the louder. The louder may not be yelling, but the louder may be from going, just saying it inside your head, to saying it outside your mouth. Is as we step out, as we ask, what happens is Jesus steps in. And then Jesus' response is interesting. Jesus hears him and says, come on over. And, 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 and Bartimaeus, he jumps up, doesn't he? He leaps up. And let me just tell you, when a blind person leaps up, it's a dangerous thing. Okay? But he didn't mind. He went and he went and jumped. My, my wife, amen that, did you? <laughs> no, you didn't. And um, he went to Jesus. And then Jesus asked this really interesting question in verse 51. Jesus says to Bartimaeus, he said, what do you want from me? Now, now, this is a really interesting question. We need to pause and think about that for a minute. Because if, if you had the gift of healing, okay, if you, everyone around you got healed, and a blind man came running to you, what do you think he wants? The answer is healing for his? So why did you, is, was Jesus suddenly stupid? Did he go, no, I don't know that. Or was there something else happening? See, I think there's something else happening. Jesus, if you check out Jesus, he, he asked a lot of questions. Over 360 questions Jesus asked at the Gospels, you see. And he asks questions to make us think. Why would the one who could heal all things and know all things ask this blind man what he wanted? And I I think the answer is really obvious. The answer is because God is not this power source to plug in and get all your needs from. Is At the heart of God is love and relationship. That's a relational question. I'm not going to assume I know everything you need. I'm not going to assume I I know what your biggest desire is. I'm not going to assume. I'm going to ask and invite you into a conversation. Isn't this interesting that God invites us into a conversation with him? It's not that God plows into our life. He steps in when we invite him. And he's saying, but will you also step into me and invite us into a conversation? This seeking after healing isn't just seeking a power to plug into, but it's into a relationship where Jesus says, how can I help you? I I wonder, with that issue in your life, have you asked him? Do you keep asking him? Have you been specific and say, God, this is the real issue? Because sometimes, you know, when you're dragging your child through through, um, a shop and they're wanting all things, and you're going, okay, I'll buy you one thing. What is the one thing you want and then they go, well, I point out 300 things already and they've got to narrow it down. I think sometimes as we bombard God with prayers and maybe God answers our prayers, but since we've prayed 300 prayers, we're not sure which one he's answering. Maybe it's focusing it down a little bit and saying, God, this is my heart's desire. So how do we see Jesus step into our lives? If this Bartimaeus says, the first one is we need to ask him. We need to ask him. But secondly, something else happens. In verse 52, it says this. Jesus heals him, and it says that your faith has healed you. And this is the second thing, is that we need to purposely apply faith. We need to purposely not just ask, as in, well, I asked him, and I'm just waiting for him to get, uh, get on with the job, is I need to purposely apply faith. Now, we need to be really careful on this one. Because there, there are certain segments of, of Christianity, and there may be certain parts of our brains, that we make a wrong conclusion from these words. Where it says, your faith has healed you. What you do is you, you create a, a little equation. That, that your faith has healed you, so faith equals healing. 
So, so yeah, your faith has healed you. But the, the, the problem with that is that if you haven't been healed, that means you must need more faith. Is that a logic? That is, if that equation is true, faith equals healing. If you're not healed, you need more faith. Is that equation, that, that's true, isn't it? I mean, the equation, if that equation is true, that's correct, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. But is it biblical? No. No, 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 it's not. It absolutely 100% isn't. Because you imagine, you're praying for healing, and God has like this faith-o-meter detecting your faith, and he's going, um, how much faith have you got? And you're, you're close, you're close. Nope, no, sorry, not high enough. Sorry, not going to heal you. Do you think God's doing that? Or do you think God's going, faith, okay, come on, pray louder, pray more, pray the right words. If you pray the right faith prayer, then you'll be healed. So you've got to, it's like, sort of like a Harry Potter, you've got to get the, the, the magic command right. And you've got to flick it at the end in the name of Jesus. You know, you've got, you've got to do something, you know, you didn't say it right. You've got to claim it, name it, block it, strap it up, do whatever. And if I say the right things, then it will happen. And that's all based on that, equa- that false equation that faith equals healing. It's not just a false equation. It's a very dangerous equation. Because it, it misunderstands God, which is a big thing, but it screws people up. I've, 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 I've met people who are disabled or illness, and they've been told by Christians, it's because of your lack of faith that's why you're not healed. So, so along with having to cope with all this struggle and challenge, let's have some guilt as well. Yay! That, that's not God. I've had people, and, and it's not just people. Okay, I've had people say it to me. And Kathy's had it as well. She, you ask Kathy, she knows as well. And they said it's because of Mark's lack of faith that he's not healed. And, and that upsets Kathy a, a lot. They, they, with me, they only say it to me once. Because I, I, I let loose on them often. And if I don't have much time, I'll do the theology. I'll talk about theology in a second. But what I, what I usually say, oh, it's faith. I say, hmm, see, I think I have enough faith. Give me your car keys and let's see who has faith. <laughs> they never give me their car keys. You know, it's, it's their lack of faith. That's why I'm blind, isn't it? It's their fault. <laughs> Look, th- this, is the, this is the issue. Is, is I think the, the equation's wrong. See, if our faith is in healing, if it's all about our faith that gets healing, then if that is the real equation, then absolutely get more faith. But that's not the equation. It's you have faith in Jesus who heals. It's our faith in Jesus who heals us. It's Jesus who is the common denominator. It's Jesus who actually brings healing. It's Jesus who changes things. You know, the, the, the sign of true faith is not healing, it's salvation in Jesus Christ. Jesus' death on, on the cross and his resurrection. I, I know that people say for his stripes we're healed, is for our, our wounds and this and that. Therefore, he wants physical healing. Let me tell you, Jesus died and rose again to save us into a relationship with God. That's why. Not to make every hour we go away, but to bring us into relationship with God. That's why he died. That's why nine kids just said, I want to follow Jesus. Because he holds my future. He holds my eternity. He brings meaning. He brings hope. He's the one who changes. My faith is in him. That, that verse in verse 52 that says, it says that by, you know, your faith has healed you. It could also be translated, your faith has saved you. See, the common denominators are faith and Jesus. See, when you combine faith and Jesus, when you put those together, is that's when transformation happens. 
is that when we apply faith into Jesus and we let Jesus be Jesus, that's when things change. That's exactly what Bartimaeus did. He applied faith. When the crowd was coming, he called out to grab Jesus' attention. That took courage and faith, don't you think? And when people told him to shut up and he went louder, that took courage and faith. When Jesus has come closer and he jumped up and ran to Jesus for a blind guy running, that takes courage and faith. When Jesus says, what do you want? And he went, it's my blindness. That took courage and faith. And then notice at the end of verse 52, it's by your faith you're healed, by faith you are saved. And then he followed Jesus. Is that faith continued? See, Jesus steps in, is about asking Jesus, will you step into this situation and applying faith to it? You know, I, 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 think, I think many of us, I'm not sure what I'll say, I think many of us have, have trained ourselves not to apply faith. So when we, especially when it comes to health issues, is that we have a health issue. Now, we have a fantastic NHS and, and doctors and nurses, and God does use them, absolutely. But we've trained ourselves, as soon as an owie comes up, is that we go straight to the drugs and the, the good drugs. The, I'm sorry, the right drugs. Okay. I know D's here. They'll go to the right. <laughs> you, was that confidential? Um, you go to the, you, you, uh, you know, you feel ill, so you go to parasitic, I'm in the doctors. Now, please hear me. Actually, yes, God does heal through um, our doctors and nurses. And yes, God does. And yes, we need to do that. But many of us have trained ourselves that we don't invite Jesus until the, near the end. I feel owie, I feel hurty, so we take some drugs, they don't work, so I make an appointment, and then I get a scan, and then I see a specialist, and then you have to wait again for specialists, and while you're waiting, you're going, God, will you help me? As in, we, we bring faith way down here, and it's good to bring faith in here, but why not bring faith right here? That's going to make no sense on the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> but have faith at the beginning. Is that when we come into these challenges, when we come into to, to a place of healing, it may be physical, it may be emotional, it may be relational, it may be mental, is our, our starting point is, Jesus, will you step in? And also ring the doctor, okay? Do, but please hear me, do both. Do you, yeah, yeah, am I clear on that? I'm not saying doctors will eventually. No, no, do, do them both. But purposely apply faith. Say, Jesus, will you step in? And I'll, as I walk along this path, I want you to step in and bring healing. Let's learn to apply faith, because I reckon that we will see more of Jesus in and around our lives, in and around those situations where we want healing, is that when we apply faith at every step of the way. So we need to ask. We need to ask and persevere with that. We, We need to apply faith along that journey. Sometimes that's easy, sometimes that's hard. Third, the third point actually isn't in our reading. I'm terribly sorry. Um, it's not in our reading because if we check out the Gospels, there's a, Jesus heals loads, which is so amazing, isn't it? He heals this person, heals that, raises the dead. He does, which is the ultimate healing thing. He does a lot of healings. Um, but the annoying thing is everyone's healed. That, I'm, 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 for them, great for them. But it's annoying because some of us, are, we don't, we know we've asked and we're not healed. And you look at the Gospels, everyone who asked was healed, which tends to reinforce that equation that people say, well, faith is healing, therefore it's clearly you'd have more faith. Because everyone who Jesus touched got healed. So how do, we, how do we work in that time where Jesus hasn't stepped in and healed us? What, what do we do in that situation? 
And this is, this is a real live one for me because I said, I, I'm, I'm blind. I've had a lot of people pray for me and um, I'm still blind. And it's, it's a challenge and it's, it's hard. And, and so, and I, I have asked, I've asked specifically, I've applied faith. And, and so what do I do now? And, and this, is the, this is the third really crucial one. And it's this, it, it's keep choosing to trust Jesus. Is we need to keep choosing to trust Jesus. Sometimes it's a daily decision. Sometimes it's an hourly decision. Sometimes it, it can be weekly or monthly. But it's a choice of asking, applying faith, and then choosing to trust Jesus. How I, I, I do this, I want to give you a couple of practical ways of, of how to do this. In the Old Testament, the book of Psalms is a very well-known psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm sure many of you will, will know of it. And uh, it, it's describing as God is a shepherd for his people who cares for them and leads them and, and directs them and protects them. Uh, verse 5 says that he prepares a table for them in the presence of their enemies. He anoints their head with oil and his cup, uh, my cup overflows. Now, now, this is actually a shepherding term. So um, the shepherds, when they led in the Middle East, when they led their sheep from one pasture to another pasture, sometimes the route was quite a long, a long route. And, and along the route is they got tired or they got injured. And he knew they needed a rest. So what he would do is go ahead of them and he would create a table. He would cut out a, an area of land. He would seed it. He would get rid of the enemies. Although the enemy was on the outskirts, this was a safe place. It wasn't the final destination, but it was along the journey where you're still carrying your limps and wounds is that you can rest here. Is he's created a table. He's gone before and created a table in the presence of your enemies. So some of the owies and baddies are still around, but it's still a safe place to rest. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. And I know them and they know me. And Jesus has gone ahead of us and prepared a table for us. That, that table is communion. We're going to be sharing communion. Well, the bread and wine. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, his disciples met together on the Passover meal as a, as a memory meal, a meal to remember God's salvation. And in that meal, he took it and he said, he said this, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. I'm, I'm giving myself for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And after they had the bread, he, he took a cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This is the new relationship. This is the new deal. This is not a compromise deal. This is rock solid 100%. You put your hope in me, in my death and my resurrection, and you will be in relationship with the living God. And he said, come to this table. The Bible tells us whenever we meet together, say meet and share in this meal together, this remembrance meal that declares who Jesus is. It declares to ourselves and it declares to all around that where my hope is, my hope is in Jesus. We're going to be sharing communion in a few moments time. And this is a table prepared in the presence of your enemy, of your, of your coughs and your lack of healing in different places. And it may be physical, it may be emotional, it may be relational. Is come to this place, this table of rest. And say, Jesus, I'm, I'm not healed yet. But I thank you for your salvation. Because I know my faith in you has saved me. But the verse also says, you anoint my head with oil. Now some of you may remember a couple of years ago, I, I spoke on this. And, and I talked about the shepherd. And, and a shepherd actually, he did carry a pot of oil. They actually brought oil with them. And did you know shepherds actually anointed their sheep with oil? 
they, they actually did it. That's something they really did. And they did it for, for three reasons. And the three reasons are, are, are fascinating because I think they help us a lot. Uh, the, the first one had to do with, with nose fly. Does anyone suffer with nose fly? See, but I reckon you do in a way. Because let me tell you what nose fly are. Nose fly were swarms that came and surrounded the sheep and they distracted them and they, they stopped them from sleeping and, and they stopped them from feeding and from helping others. And it just full, filled their gaze and, it, and they got in their face and it annoyed them and it hurt them. Does anyone suffer from nose fly? Yeah, okay. And, and maybe not specific nose fly, but things that distract you and consume your mind and consume your life. And what happened is he would anoint their heads with oil. And this oil was something that pushed back the nose fly. It was an, almost an instant healing where he put it on it and it pushed them back. And these flies went, ooh, not going near there. And it was an instant relief that they can live again and not worry and not get stressed. And it pushed the bad things back. And that's what part of the anointing with oil was for. He also anointed them with oil because during certain times of the season, um, the, the, um, the, the sheep got a little bit frisky. And they would, often the males would be ramming heads together. And I'm sure you've seen nature programs where they bash heads. And the anointing with oil, sometimes they would anoint the, the, their, their horns with oil and their heads with oil so that when they bash, they would do less damage. He didn't stop them from bashing heads. The truth is, along our journey of life, is we're going to be finding our, he- our heads bashing with people. Jesus did. But what the shepherd is keen for is that we don't cause too much damage to ourselves or others. And he anoints our oil. So some of those relational hurts that you're carrying, Jesus says, I want to smooth to put oil in those. So that when you next ring them, speak to them, bump into them, it's, it's maybe not all perfect yet, but it doesn't damage anymore. Which leads to the last way, the oil. The oil was also put on, on cuts and grazes. As they're traveling from this point to this point, they would have fallen, maybe got attacked. Lots of different reasons why well, you may get an owie. And the, the oil would stop today's hurt getting infected for tomorrow. Because infected wounds do a lot of damage. See, the heart of God is to bring healing. The things don't get worse, but they actually, he brings in healing. So you don't get bitter. You don't get infected. That thing that someone said yesterday or the day before or last week, it doesn't take root into bitterness and unforgiveness. Is that oil of healing lets you go, okay, I'll let them go. I'll forgive. I'll find healing. We're going to give an opportunity to be anointed with oil also uh, in just a moment's time. I want to invite the band up. Can you guys join me? Because I, I want us to allow Jesus to step in. You know, imagine Jesus is walking by. Are you going to call out? Because let me tell you, he is walking by right now. Will you call out? And when he says, what can I do for you? Will, will you tell him? Will you apply faith? I want you to come to the table. Come to the table to find rest. There's the stations around the side. Just come and take the bread and wine. And there's also going to be people with oil. And those are going to anoint you. It'll be simple, just anointed with the, with the, the, the love of Jesus. And, and just get anointed. Just ask him to be anointing your life. We also have a prayer team. If you want a, a bit of a longer chat and pray, we have a prayer team as well. They've got, they got lanyards and stuff. But I want us to respond to Jesus. So it doesn't just be theory up there. He wants there to be freedom in here. Just bow your heads with me if you would.
Jesus, I know I've used a lot of words. And I've scooted past some things that people wish I spent longer on, and I spent too long on bits that people wish I scooted faster on. But Father, I, I wanted to say, it's about you. We need to bump into you. Jesus, you know everyone here, but you also invite us to come closer. I pray that we may meet you at that table. As we're anointed with oil, it may soothe and bring healing. And Jesus, that you'll be Jesus and have your way this morning. Amen.